Today on the Homeboys Podcast, we are talking about how to profit from a rental property. We're going to cover why you should invest with some examples. We're going to talk about when you should invest. And last, we're going to talk about how we're going to break this down real simply for everyone. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the Homeboys. You're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. We have a really exciting topic. We are talking about rental properties and how to profit from them. Anyone can just get rental properties. (laughs) We're talking about what you have to do to actually profit from them. As always, here with my good friend, Mr. Scott Adams. Hey, brother. What's happening? I'm excited. Today, we're going to talk about why you should invest in rental properties. And we're going to even use an example property that we sold a client 10 years ago. We're going to break that down, show you what he's made since purchasing it and what it's worth now and go through those numbers. We're going to talk about when you should invest, which I'll give you a sneak peek. The answer is always now. And then last, we're going to talk about how you should invest. And we're going to make that part real simple, which is if you have never purchased a uh, rental property. We're just going to give you the quick, short answer on how you can do it. It's really easy. But uh, before we dive into that, how are your rental properties doing, my friend? You know, they're they're doing well. And the main reason why they're doing well is because I stay out of them and I let our team of people here run them. And everything seems to go better whenever I keep my paws off of them. But I I, I found this topic pretty... uh, Pretty cool to think about because it got me kind of going down memory lane. And, you know, whenever I got started in real estate, I didn't know, you know, how to profit from a rental property because I got into real estate thinking that I was just going to be a house flipper and try to hoard cash and uh, thought that that was the way and the only way. And I became a rental property owner, you know, by accident. You know, we went through the Great Recession. Our houses stopped selling, and next thing I knew, you know, I had you know, 25, 30, um, you know, rental properties. So, like, I got into it not even really know, knowing how mm-hmm. to profit from rental property. So I think this is an important topic for everybody because, you know, I said, you know, in our little intro there that, you know, anybody can just, you know, get rental properties, but you have to really know the ins and outs of uh, – a finance and, you know, taking care of a property. We're kind of going to get into that, sure. you know, uh, a little bit. But sure. uh, this is something that I, whenever I first got into to real estate, it took me a while to learn. Well, for me, when I first learned this information that we're going to go through and we're going to break down a property and show you the different ways that you profit over time, and there's multiple um, revenue sources that, that come to you as a rental property owner. And as we go through those, I'm remembering back to when I was in college and someone explained this to me. I was lucky enough that uh, we had a family friend who owned a lot of rentals and they explained this to me and my mind was blown. Now, I applied that knowledge very poorly in my 20s. I purchased the wrong types of properties that tenants don't actually pay their rent. I bought ghetto properties, as you know, and built up an uh, entire portfolio based on the knowledge of what a rental property can do, but with the wrong properties, it doesn't work. So um, I have a mixed road on this, but this, when I learned this stuff, it blew my mind. And I think even kind of intermediate investors who own rental properties, 
I think they forget some of the benefits to the to the properties themselves that um, it's nice to be reminded because you've got not only do you make profit on rent each month above and beyond what your mortgage payment is, but you're, the, more, the tenant is paying down your mortgage for you. You also have appreciation. Now, that's never guaranteed. However, anyone who's owned properties for anywhere longer than 10 years knows that it's over any 20-year period, appreciation happens. And if you've owned them lately, then you really know how appreciation works. And then last, there's everything from tax benefits and um, and then the generational wealth building that this this creates. And not only is the tenant paying your mortgage down to touch back on that aspect, the tenant's not only paying your mortgage down, but the way mortgages work is more more of your money at the beginning of the loan goes to interest than principal. And that switches over time where you are paying your down, your your mortgage down in an accelerated rate. So towards those sunsetting years of your mortgage, it's unbelievable how much that of the mortgage payment is going straight into your pocket as as principal. And people forget about all those little aspects to it. So they just think about, well, I'm making two hundred dollars a month in rent. That's great. That is that is just the oh, tip no. of the iceberg. The Y extends so much further than that. Uh you know, like you said, the, you know, the tax benefits and just there's um, the appreciation that we've seen over the last 10 years. It's, uh, it's mind blowing. We've not seen it in our careers like this. I mean, right. it's, 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 it's crazy. And we never sell off of uh, appreciation. We always hammer that point home. It's the cherry on top. It's the cherry on top. And it's been a massive cherry, it you know, for been. the last, for the last 10 years. But, you know, in, you know, we kind of broke this down a little bit, and I'm going to let you kind of take this over. Yep. Um, I think it'd be, you know, we think it'd be good for our listeners to hear a, a real life example of something that crossed our desk on from one of our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is over a, a 10 year time period. Yep. What owning um, a cash flow producing asset. Um, you know, we'll do for a person. Yeah. So we have a real life example here. So in order to pick, pick a property, I just, I, I literally randomly went into our shared drive where we hold all the files for, for our sales. And I picked a property. Now this one has incredible appreciation, incredible appreciation. So don't count on that, but everything else is pretty much, I would consider par for the types of properties that we help our clients acquire. It's hard to say, though. I mean, if you would ask me ten years ago if like, this this particular property, because I, I ran some numbers on it before we came um, in the studio here, um, I never would have dreamed that I would have seen this kind of appreciation. Right. So you just, I mean, the, the the point is, you just don't know right. what. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't. we don't know what the future holds. But I didn't cherry pick this property. This is a, a right. pretty standard property. Um, so let's start with ten years ago. They purchased it for $125,000. They put a $25,000 down payment down and got a mortgage for $100,000. So they took $25,000 of their savings and they invested it into a rental property. They went to the bank and the bank loaned them the additional $100,000 in order to purchase this. So it only cost them $25,000 and they have their first rental property. Now, their mortgage on that $100,000 was about $800 a month for the mortgage tax insurance depending on your rate, that's, it's actually fairly accurate for, for today's numbers too. Mm-hmm. Um, $100 for property management expense I put in there. And then I put in $200 for deferred maintenance and miscellaneous expenses. 
I could d- dive into the weeds on all of these numbers. I'm not going to. I'm just going to give you the broad picture because this is fairly accurate based on 10 years of managing this property. So it's $1,100 a month in expenses that he has going out. Well, on those first two years, he had $1,250 in rent coming in. Not not great. So You're, modest. Yeah, you know, modest $150 a month. Flow. Yeah. So I think it's important to drive that point home because I think, you know, it, a lot of people will say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, 150 bucks. I mean, that's... That sucks, right? You know, people think, you know, "Why would I? Why would I do that?" Well, you know, keep in mind, you know, this is in a you know, a great neighborhood with a great school system that offers a lot of security from um, a tenant payment standpoint. You know, you could look on paper and and find, say, going back ten years, we could have found you know four, five, six hundred dollar um, cash flow on paper, but it wouldn't. Me- mean anything because you'd be in a bad area and that tenant stops paying their rent, then you have to fix the property up. You could, you call it the cycle of death. It's just, you're, it's a constant, right. constant cycle. So yeah, 150 bucks sounds bad. Um, however, you know, we could sit here and drive home how good that $150 is compared to some bogus paper return of a property right. in a bad in a bad neighborhood. So I just wanted to touch on yeah, that real it's, quick. It's a good point. We we believe in conservative investments in properties that that we know and are proven to not only return as rentals but are also safe places as safe as you can get in the real estate world. There's risks in everything. Safe investments um, where we don't expect loss of value and are poised for any appreciation capture right. that a market gives. So, so you're getting eleven hundred dollars a month, or you're, you're it's costing you eleven hundred dollars a month. That first two years, you've got twelve fifty. Well, here's the good news: your mortgage stays at eleven hundred dollars a month for the life of your mortgage. They did a thirty year mortgage. The next two years, it went up to thirteen hundred. The next three, up to fourteen fifty. Currently, it's at fifteen fifty. So for the next three years, so you add what they made on on all of that together, and they've made thirty seven thousand two hundred dollars in rental profits over the first ten years. Thirty seven thousand dollars in their pocket. So they got all of their original down payment down. They're they're on house money now. They got all that twenty five thousand they put down plus some already in profit. But that's nothing. That's just scratching the surface of of what they've made. Their mortgage has also been paid down by $18,000, and the tenant's the one that paid that down. They used the rents, obviously, to pay the mortgage down. So they've made over $37,000 in rental profits. Their mortgage has been paid down by $18,000. That's over $55,000 in the first 10 years on a $25,000 investment. Doubling the money in 10 years is great. It's good. Anyone, Anyone who invests anywhere will tell you, good, solid investment. You know, it's is it is it Bitcoin that's quadrupled or uh, times five hundred? No, but it's it's a good solid one. But again, we're still only scratching the surface. Their current home value today is two hundred seventy five thousand dollars. After realtor fees, closing costs, and all that stuff that eats it away, inspection repairs. When you're selling a house, there's all these little things. I was very conservative. I say let's let's pretend that cost them twenty five thousand dollars. So they only get $250,000 net proceeds at sale. Well, their mortgage payoff is $82,000 because the tenant paid it down. That's $168,000 back in their pocket, plus the $37,000 they already made in rents, plus um, 
a great asset that they could hold, but that's a total profit of 205000 That's if they sold it on year 10. That's if they sold it. That's turning $25,000 into $200,000 in 10 years. Guess what? They didn't sell it. I went through these numbers with them. They didn't sell it. You know why? Because they're going to keep riding this train. Well, I think it's also important to point out that you know, they keep riding this train. You know, there's there's some of these numbers get considerably better. You mentioned it about um, the payoff of principal is very little in the beginning of an amortization. Excuse me. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, and it increases over time. So um, the first 10 years, it paid down 18000 The next 10, I'm just going to guess, and I don't have a, I need a schedule to do this, an amortization schedule, but I would guess that would be, Double. 35 to 40 would mm-hmm. be, I guess, the next. Right. So it just accelerates. Rents continue to go up. You make more profit each month Correct. Over, as time goes on. You know, it's it's amazing because, like, when you first – I think it's very important for our listeners to take this in. You know, you're talking about a cash flow of $150 when you, when you start out. Right. You know, and in 10 years, that has made you $205,000. Right. You know, there's – and – there's there's other things that you know we're not accountants so we try to stay out of um, you know depreciation and yep. tax you know, benefits tax and all, benefits of, those things, and all but, of that but you know there's other benefits that that, that could be factored that's a great point I didn't even touch on those with this they've had tax benefits over the last ten years too that you could I I could ha- have our CPA actually calculate to the penny and add in here but I don't want to get into the weeds we're not accountants or financial advisors so I try not to get too to in detail over that. The point is, is that this is a picture of a property that looks like, oh yeah, I'll make $150 a month. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll put 25 grand in it. It'll be cool. I'll have a rental property. No, $150 a month turns into more and more and more and more and more money. This is a escalating investment that just continues to have increased returns year after year. It's the one of the main reasons that millionaires, 90% of them have become millionaires through real estate. I'm going to say that again. 90% of people who are millionaires, they didn't become millionaires and then invest in real estate. No, real estate made them millionaires, 90% of them. And this is how. You can see it here. All they did was ten, they took $25,000. They invested in a really low-returning property. Let's call it what it is. It was a very low returning property, and it turned into still turned into two hundred and five thousand dollars. They say low returning property, but again, great neighborhood. And anytime you can say great neighborhood, that takes a mountain of risk out of it. That's what a we focus on. We do not chase returns here. You know why? Because we don't have to. There's no reason to add so much more risk to your investments when the conservative good ones perform this well. Why would you try to chase returns? And if you're investing in those crappy ghetto properties that have great returns on paper, you're going to miss out on a lot of the appreciation. It does not happen as as quickly or as high in those areas. It just does not. Right. And and you there's just so many risks to it. It's not worth it. So, so when would be a good time to get started? When's a good time to invest? You and I have the same answer for this always. Right now. Right Giddy now. Up. Let's Just go. do it. I don't care when. You, and you don't care when. We don't try to time the markets. 
We are long-term cash flow investors. It is always the best time to invest in real estate, and it's never the perfect time. You cannot you, time the market. You always have to be analyzing. You always have to have your ear down to the ground. Yep. If there is a deal out there, now is always the time. A lot of people right now are saying, oh, well, why would I do that now? Because interest rates have gone up 4% mm -hmm. since, they're, since they're low. Who cares? I don't think real estates are going back to that low ever again. I don't think that we'll see it. I think that that Even was if a they once are, who in a cares? generation Re thing. Refinance later then. Correct. They Refinance do, later. But don't count on that. I don't believe it's happening. You know, now is always, yeah. always there's the time. There's always a reason to wait. Well, maybe there's a recession. There'll be a pullback in values and I could time it and buy it low. Great. Buy some now and buy more then. You should always be acquiring these. The numbers work no matter when. It will never be the perfect time. It is a difficult thing to do. But as soon as you start pulling the trigger, you'll start to see those benefits. And the next one, you won't care about the market as much. You just know what you're adding to your portfolio. The next one, you care less and less about the market the more you do this because you can see the returns that you can get regardless of what the market's doing. The stock market goes up and down and you it's scary. Real estate, if you're a long-term investor, you can stick your money in it, park it, and sit back and enjoy the fruits of that regardless of what happens in the world. In fact, I would argue that as property values are going down or a recession happens, this is the best investment that you could continue to invest in during that time, much less through it. You want to know what helped get Clint and I through the last bubble burst? Boom. You're looking at it. Real estate. Examples like this. When he and I didn't have a lot of, in, neither of us had a lot of income coming in during those periods. People weren't buying houses. We're in the real estate business. We had cash flowing rental properties that could see us through. Now, don't get me wrong. We have large businesses with a lot of different arms that generate revenue, but having that core of long-term investment properties, it's just a lifesaver through it all. Agreed. So that brings us to our last point. Yep. So um, there's many different ways of getting started in real estate. So we're going to talk about how do you get started. And um, you know, we believe in having other people, having experts in your corner that can take care of it. Not everybody is going to be immersed in real estate like we are from the moment we get up till the moment we leave the office. Um, so how? What do they do, Scotty? Well, you and I both feel like you, there are enough turnkey providers in this country that you can find a good one in multiple markets. So don't feel like you have to buy where you live. Go to where the markets are strong, or more importantly, go to where you find a turnkey provider that meshes well with you, that you believe in, but most importantly, they have to have been in business for five years or more. Do Very important. I, I hate, because everybody's got to start somewhere, and I, I hate to just set those people to the side, and I hope they make it those five years, but we just see such a failure rate over those first five years that it's just our advice that if they haven't been in business for five years... I wouldn't buy from them yet, even if they're the best out there. I just believe time is the most important factor in, in uh, screening for, for a turnkey provider. And all you need is the down payment money. Like in that case, all that client needed was $25,000. And the turnkey provider, which in this case is our one of our companies, provided them the property, has managed it every single time, uh, every day, 
handles all of the maintenance. They just get a check every month and an emailed report. They don't get a check. It's wired to their checking account every month with a report on the property, breaking down any expense, anything else. And then they've got us as experts backing it up as well as our team of licensed brokers, um, 14 licensed brokers that are focused on their property, managing it with more experience than, than I can count. So turnkey providers are the best way to do it, especially if you've got a full-time job or even a part-time job. It takes a long time to become an expert at this. Why not just let the experts do that? If you want to invest in stocks, most people go out and get a financial advisor. They're not going to dive in and do it all themselves. They might tinker, but the other way is if you don't have any money, you can always do some other methods, burr, you can borrow hard money. There's a lot of ways to do that, but that's kind of a different audience to be honest. And I don't want to, and get that's a whole nother, that's yeah. a whole nother show. And, you know, I, the majority of our listeners are going to be people that, you know, have, have other jobs and don't have the time. So we recommend, you know, turnkey, but it's not the only way there's other ways out there, but um, that is our show for this week. We got to, we got to wrap up. Um, we're, you know, we've talked about rentals and how to profit from them. It was really cool to go through the math because I think that it's going to be something that our listeners are really going to be able to to relate to, that you're not hitting it out of the park. You know, you're being conservative. You're picking good properties in good neighborhoods. And it's amazing what that small cash flow number, what that turns into in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Don't chase the crazy numbers on paper because if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I'll say it again. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We thank you for joining us. Please check out our website, homeboyspodcast.com. We got lots of exciting content on there. We got merch coming as well. Till next time, happy investing.